the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices? I don't have to show you any stinking vices! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. President Obama is uh, out there at one of his two $400,000 an hour speech speeches saying that uh, Obamacare is more more popular than Trump. CNN is now again, it's CNN reporting it. So I, you can take it worth a grain of salt. But uh, if this isn't another example of fake news, then resident Obama is gloating a little bit at the ineffectiveness of Republicans in, um, in Congress. That the reason why his, his signature health care law, his signature piece of garbage, is more popular now than it had been in his, his entire occupation of the Oval Office is because people are worried about what's going to happen. There's too much change. And going back, people are really, really concerned about what's going to replace Obamacare. And you know what? The GOP isn't doing much to instill confidence in anybody. Are they? Uh, Least of all, conservatives. But anyway, you got Barack Obama out there with some snark. He uh, screwed America, one-sixth of the U.S. economy, and now he's (laughs) grinning from big ear to big ear. President Obama is. By the way, about those speeches, he he gave his first $400,000-an-hour speech. By the way, you guys do a little quick math. I One of the listeners of the Chris Salcedo show in Houston texted me this. Just really quickly, do 400,000 and divide by 60. Now, this is, this is the price per minute that President Obama is receiving for giving one of his speeches. The math works out to... 666 666 $6,666.66 <laughs> I thought it was interesting to say the least but aside from the biblical reference resident obama after 
eight years of decrying people with money. After bashing people for their success, here he comes making $6,666.66 a minute. A minute. Uh, We put this out to you yesterday. How long does it take you guys within the sound of my voice to make 400 large? $400,000. Well, he's booked a second speech for $400,000. They're such hypocrites, these leftists. Such hypocrites. And uh, here comes resident Obama gloating that the damage that he did to America with Obamacare may be permanent. And he's happy about it because it's all about him. You know, it's his legacy. It's all about him. Telephone numbers, 888-900-3393, I want to talk about Secretary Tillerson in an interview he gave yesterday coming up in short order, but it's, it is desk clearing day. So some things I wanted to get into that I didn't have a chance uh, during the course of the week. Bill O'Reilly has started a podcast uh, getting into the realm of uh, complete digital media, which is, of course, what the Blaze Radio Network is. And uh, this is what he said about his ongoing controversy about sexual harassment and the reason why he no longer has a job at the Fox News Channel. I am sad that I'm not on television anymore. I was very surprised how it all turned out. I can't say a lot because there's much stuff going on right now but i can tell you that i'm very confident the truth will come out and when it does i don't know if you're going to be surprised but i think you're going to be shaken as i am there's a lot of stuff involved here now i can't say any more because i just don't want to influence the flow of the information all right so there's that so that's the latest from O'Reilly. I haven't listened to any of his podcasts, and it's not because I, I necessarily have an aversion to it. Just uh, typically, uh, well, we're busy. <laughs> we have three shows to put on every single day, so uh, we just we spend a lot of our time. When we're not talking to you, doing a lot of a lot of prep on the program. Uh, Guy Benson, he's um, one of the one of the good conservative thinkers over at Town Hall. He was on with Fox News and. Didn't get a lot of press, this ABC poll that came out this week that showed that, yes, Donald Trump has some some polling issues and some confidence issues. But if the election were held today, if the election were held today, that Trump would still win. And not only would he win the Electoral College, he'd also win the popular vote. And Guy Benson commented on this. Yeah, people marching in the streets, you see it all over social media, you would get a sense from the coverage that there is massive, widespread buyer's remorse with President Trump. And this poll suggests that that's just not the case. In fact, Trump, if we did a redo today, would win by a larger margin over Hillary Clinton. So, look, the Russia stuff is interesting. It ought to be investigated. There's the Comey discussion that's come up yet again, a lot of liberals pointing to him and blaming him. I think what we're seeing now is even with a very controversial president whose numbers in that poll internally not very good would still defeat mrs clinton maybe she was just a really lousy candidate and people still recognize that so maybe obamacare is more popular now than hillary clinton i think herpes is more popular right now than hillary clinton i'm just (laughs) saying what why did you cringe like that (laughs) sorry uh, on, on another on another front, 
Uh, Michael Flynn. Boy, did this guy screw the pooch or what? Not... Uh, 2015, the guy goes over, apparently without permission, to, to Russia to receive some cash and to speak at an event to get paid by the Russians at one of their propaganda arms. And he didn't do all the stuff he was supposed to do. Now, look, they're trying to tie Flynn to Trump when he did this. It was 2015. It was 2015. The last job at that point that Michael Flynn had was in the Obama administration. Okay, number one. Number two, if it turns out that Michael Flynn was sympathetic to the Russians, well, how is that any different than any other Democrat in the Obama administration? Obama spent his entire occupation of the Oval Office bending, bending over backward for Vladimir Putin, never opposing anything Vladimir Putin did. Vladimir Putin had run of the world when Obama was occupying the Oval Office. Hillary Clinton made sure that the Russians got 20% control of our, of, the nation's, of our nation's nuclear stockpile. They're, they couldn't do enough for Vladimir Putin in the Obama White House. So if Flynn is found to have been sympathetic to the Russians, he's just, how is he dissimilar from any one of these folks who populated the Obama White House? I think it's a fair question to ask. Now, about the vetting process that, had, that, that hired Michael Flynn, Trump's, Trump's vetting process that made him national security advisor. Here's what Spicer had this to say. He, he was issued a security clearance under the Obama administration in the spring of 2016. The uh, trip and, and uh, transactions that you're referring to occurred in December of 2015. So what Spicer is saying here is that, that Flynn, after taking this trip and getting a chunk of money from the Russians, was re, his security clearance was renewed by the Obama administration. So the Trump administration said, well, uh, it was just renewed by Obama that Flynn must be okay. And that was your mistake, Mr. Trump. That was, your, that was your mistake, President Trump. Sean Spicer, look, if Obama and his crew did it, chances are they screwed it up. And if they vetted somebody, if Team Obama vetted somebody, chances are they're anti-American kooks. So this excuse that you're giving, Sean Spicer, well, Obama vetted him, screw that. If Obama vetted him, that should have been a red flag right away saying, hey, there's something wrong with this guy. If Obama vetted him. Don't, don't fall back on, oh, well, Team Obama vetted these people. They must be okay. The people that served in the Obama administration, a lot of them are anti-American leftist kooks. Now, I'm not saying... That's who Flynn is. The jury is still out. I'm just saying, don't offer it as an excuse. Well, Obama, Obama was a screw-up. Obama was a massive screw-up who harmed this country. Don't use him as an excuse. Well, we thought Obama took care of it. Obama didn't take care of a damn thing. 
other than putting this country behind the eight ball, which seemed to be his agenda, his entire occupation of the Oval Office. I'll be back in a minute. The next generation of talk radio. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Chris Salcedo. Folks, there's a open talk now about a a conservative network that is uh, that is developing possibly. I just read an article on Vox. No, it wasn't Vox, it was uh, Axios. And I uh, Mediaite is also reporting on on something similar that because because Fox is seen as going left because the Murdoch sons who are dedicated Democrats the Murdoch sons are um are, are taking the network in a different direction, i.e. Uh, treating conservatives and Republicans like pariahs and tailoring news to be more, basically making themselves MSNBS. That there there is an effort among certain folks who have been displaced recently to launch a competing network that will not treat conservatives like pariahs. Uh, one already exists, by the way. It's the Blaze, and uh, we had given the heads up to many that if if the Murdoch sons go down this ill-fated road just to make themselves, you know, one one voice amidst the entire biased press universe, then. It's a bad business decision and a bad business move, but they'll just be relegated to, you know, uh, obscurity. And then that there will be a wide open market there for a conservative network with conservative commentary and a news operation that is straight down the middle. And which was was the model for the Fox News Channel, but not anymore. It is alleged. I am not, I have no inside information over at Fox. I have no, um, I have friends over there, but I, I don't, I don't know what they're planning. I don't, I, I can't confirm to you, oh, this is the way they're going to go, but it's being, it's suspected. Let's put it that way. It's widely suspected. 
Secretary of State, speaking of Fox, Rex Tillerson sat down with uh, one of the finest journalists in the business right now, Brett Baer, and wanted to make sure that uh, that everybody knew that everything was not okay with the Iranians in the United States. I mean, people were questioning, wait a minute, if you said that Iran appeared to be complying with this Iran nuke deal that Obama threw together, uh, how can you also state that things are going wrong? Well, he he explains himself a little bit here, but you know, I think what he tried tried to say without necessarily saying it is that the whole premise of the uh, Obama's Iran nuke deal, which is to gift the number one state sponsor of terror billions of taxpayer dollars, and then um, uh, a nuclear weapon at the end of the decade, that that was the wrong way to go. Here's Tillerson on with Fox. The White House's perspective was we cannot think about Iran in, in terms of the JCPOA alone, and I agree with that. And I think one of the flaws behind the entire JCPOA process is it seemed to have been carried out to the exclusion of all the other aspects of Iran's behavior as a state sponsor of terrorism, uh, their disruptive behavior throughout the region. What he's saying is, is that President Obama ignored all the barbarism and the bloodshed that Iran did, had continued to do, and continues to do to this day. The important thing to, Obama didn't care how bloodthirsty they were, how many Americans they killed, how many American allies they killed. Barack Obama couldn't care less. All he needed to do was to get the Ayatollah American taxpayers' dollars, and, and he set out to do that. And he ignored everything else. Iran is a serious threat to the U.S. today and to stability in the region. And I think their, their concern was that issuing a 90-day statutory requirement indicating compliance on the JCPOA was going to signal that somehow everything was okay with Iran and us. And it is not okay between Iran and us. JCPOA, the joint proposed, basically it's the Iran nuke deal. Um, Tillerson describing the relationship with Secretary Mattis. And I, I loved this part of the interview. You know, Tillerson, as you all know, wasn't my first choice. I'm, I was a Bolton. I am a Bolton guy. But when I heard, which this is rare, because usually Secretary of, Secretaries of State and Secretaries of Defense are at loggerheads, regardless of, of administration. But these two, Secretary Mattis and Secretary Tillerson, they seem to be getting along very well, and this bodes well for the United States. Your relationship with Defense Secretary Mattis and your communication, how much do you all talk? Uh, well, I had dinner with him last night. I had breakfast with him this morning. Uh, when, when we are not traveling, uh, the secretary and I speak essentially every day. Uh, I, would, I, I want, don't want to go so far as to say we're joined at the hip, but neither one of us makes a move without calling the other. And I would tell you, it's, it's really one of the most rewarding uh, relationships I have at this time in the cabinet. This is, uh, this is good news for you and me, folks that you have two high caliber, high quality individuals who are, who are coordinating, who are making sure that left hand knows what right hand is doing. And, uh, that was, this was probably one of the greatest points out of this entire interview. I was, uh, incredibly buoyed by this. Uh, Tillerson also tells Fox news channel, 
what China is doing to bring pressure on the North Koreans. There is significant communication going on weekly between ourselves and our counterparts in China. We, are, we know that China is in communications with the regime in Pyongyang. Uh, they confirmed to us that they had requested the regime conduct no further nuclear test. And in fact, we were told by the Chinese that they informed the regime that if they did conduct for the nuclear test, China would be taking sanctions actions on their own. So I think the Chinese seem to be willing to work with us. We hope they are. Uh, we believe that they are an important element to us causing the regime to take a different view towards future talks. We talked about this yesterday, too, folks, on the program that I uh, that that China seems to be leaning toward doing something but i i don't know that that they're doing quite enough um but apparently there were some things that we didn't know about and mr tillerson seems to be satisfied maybe not with what they're doing at this point but their trajectory and um i'm still on board with with krauthammer and others who say you know what the best way to really get them off their duff and to get a quick resolution to this is signal that we're going to put nukes back into Japan or back into South Korea and put nukes in Japan. And that will, how did Obama put it, change their calculus right away? Be right back. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Holy Hannah, I forgot to call Mary Mary Ramirez. (laughs) If I can just actually talk today. Uh, We will be dialing her up momentito here on the Chris Salcedo Show. So don't don't worry, she'll be along. And she's probably sitting by her phone uh, as we speak. As a matter of fact, there, there she is. Hi, Mary Ramirez. How are you? Hello, Chris. How are you? I bet you thought I forgot you, didn't you? I was sort of sitting here, you know, <laughs> drowning in my own tears, and you know, yes, yeah. no. <laughs> yes, because you are such a wallflower. We know how. Huh. Yes. Hey, how are how are you this fine Friday? I I'm doing good. You know, I've been up since about three in the morning, Chris, because my family and I are, are down here in Texas, so we caught an, an early morning flight and and came down your way. It's beautiful. You are in so. my neck of the woods. It is a beautiful spring day in Texas. I'm sure much of Texas. Yes. Gorgeous. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Stop <laughs> it. It's gorgeous. So, uh, uh, folks, for, for those of you who are new to the program, Mary Ramirez, longtime contributor. She is a she works magic with the fingers on the keyboard. She actually writes things and quite eloquently, too. And uh, often thought provoking. And uh, we, we feature her once a week to uh, tell us what's going on in her world. So what are you writing about this week? Well, Chris, you know, I mentioned Texas, and uh, as you know, I've, I've talked about this before. I've got some family members that are in law enforcement down here in Texas, and they they brought something to my attention that I thought was pretty cool. And there's a there's a sheriff's department in in Collin County, which is, I believe, your neck of the woods, sort of northeast Dallas area, and uh, there's a deputy there that that saw an interesting need 
And he started something called the Sheriff Fund, and it's short for the Sheriff's Homefront Emergency Relief Initiative for Family uh, in in Collin County. And what this essentially does is, or what it's it's going to do, it actually launches today, um, is they're going to proactively raise money and um, emotional support resources and all sorts of other things uh, to, to be there for their officers, for their 911 dispatchers, for their, their jailers, whoever else is involved in law enforcement in Collin County, to be there for them when, or rather before tragedy strikes. And, and one of the things that really spearheaded this was, um, Chris, I think you had one of the Collin County deputies on, on your local show here in the uh, the Dallas area, who had his home blown away not once but twice by tornadoes. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. Folks, exactly. so, just take it back. This guy was building this house. He didn't take a loan out. He was building it basically board by board. He would work. He'd make some money. Oh, I can buy some lumber. So he bought some lumber, and he would finish a section, uh, a section of the house. Didn't take mm-hmm. out a loan. So mm-hmm. here comes Mother Nature, and it, and it happens in parts of Texas. You get, uh, you know, some tornadic activity. Uh, mm-hmm. especially during the spring months, wipes out his house. So he starts building again. Well, again. and mind you, he yeah. and his son are, sons are living in a trailer while they're doing this. Right. They don't even have a proper home. While no, no insu- by the way, no insurance. No insurance. Right. So right. he starts building again. He gets the sticks up. He starts and, and uh, doggedly rebuilding things. And then Mother Nature strikes again. again. Same deal. And, and th- this guy's like, man, alive. <laughs> Did he take Did he take out insurance a second time, or did, did he have a, an easier time a second time? I, I didn't get that second part of the story. You know, that I'm not sure of what happened the second time. Yeah. I know that, that the community rallied around him and, and actually, you know, I think there was a, a construction company that actually came in. And oh, God love him. Finished it a third time. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, this guy has lightning strike not once but twice in the same place. Literally. And, yes. You know, and, and the community's fantastic, right, Chris? You know this. I mean, the community, especially here in, in, in Texas, really do support law enforcement and, and support what they do. Um, but, you know, they had to do it after the fact, right? And the, the, what's so critical about this is that it's not what this fund does. It's not just about getting them money that they need to rebuild a house or, you know, uh, visit a sick, dying relative or, you know, get treatment that they can't afford. It's... Chris, because you know this so well, law enforcement, their job is so taxing as it is because they deal with what all of us, I mean, we never dream of what they deal with. The abuse, the rape, the murder, the the, the theft, just the swill of society. So when they've got this other stuff weighing on them, that's that can affect life or death split-second decisions. It's kind of like, Chris... Um, there's been all this discussion recently uh, about different airline regulations and, and, you know, what pilots can and can't do, you know, and, and one of the things they can and can't do is um, they have to have 12 hours of sleep between their flights. That's a FAA regulation so that when they're flying the plane, they are not in any way affected by exhaustion. Well, that very same principle applies to law enforcement. If they are distracted by a personal tragedy or need of some kind, their ability to help us to keep themselves safe and to keep us safe is, is really greatly diminished. And so that's what this fund is supposed to do. And it's why it caught my attention. I, I know there's a few like it. Um, I know there's one like it up in Minnesota where I live. Um, but I don't, I, I'm not sure I've heard about it a lot. And I, I think it's kind of a novel idea. Um, but yeah, it's launching today. I've got a piece up on it uh, on my blog um, with links to both the uh, the website and their Facebook page. They're selling things like T-shirts right now, but I think they're going to be hosting events in the future, like five Ks and other community outreach programs. Because so it really this could is be also, a, this could be a template for other communities to to absolutely. emulate. 
absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, I mentioned that in the piece. If you are in law enforcement and you see this need in your community, because it's really everywhere, right? Um, call up the department and find out how they did it. Because I know there's a lot that goes into this. I did, you know, did a little research into what all they had to do. There's a lot that goes into setting up a nonprofit bet, and banking accounts and so on. But boy, they're doing great. They've got some exciting people that are, you know, coming along for the ride and, uh, you know, working to sponsor them and so on. So, um, it's it's a neat idea for not just Collin County, Texas, but really the country. Well, there you go. Well, what's the name of the piece and where can we find it? Yes, Chris. So head over to my blog, futurefree.com, and it's called Helping Those Who Help Us All, the Sheriff Fund. Nice. Mary Ramirez, everybody. Have a great weekend and welcome to the great state of Texas. I'm loving it. Thank right. you, Chris. All right, lady. Talk to you later. Uh, telephone numbers, 888 900 888-900-3393, folks. Uh, there is a, we were talking earlier how the Republicans seem to be failing miserably uh, at keeping their promises. Well, Trump isn't. Trump isn't. And he is fulfilling one of those promises uh, with a directive that he just signed this week, as two days ago. Or maybe a day, yeah, it was two days ago. President Trump signed an executive order to start pulling the federal government out of K-12 through education following through on a campaign promise to return control of schools to state and local officials. The order doubled the educa- uh, dubbed rather the Education Federalism Executive Order. will launch a 300-day review of Obama-era regulations and guidance for school districts and directs Education Secretary Betsy DeVos to modify or repeal measures, measures she sees as overreaching by the federal government. Uh, Washington Times putting this out. So... It's uh, it's great to have localized control put back into education. That's where it really where it belongs, and the federal government will just uh, block grant education money and say, "Hey, you guys, you guys educate as best you can in your states. Tailor your education system to best fit your people, and the federal government shall not intrude." Now. With that being said, there will be varying degrees of success on the local level. Uh, out in California, that means absolutely nothing. Out in California, whether resident Obama was forcing garbage down your throat or, you know, if if California gets control of that money, well, they get to do the same kind of garbage, which is, you know, hey, it's part of the, the laboratory of ideas. But even in states like Texas, there are some issues. And I think I've made mention of this on the program before, but I wanted to, this is a, a major contention for the Chris Salcedo show. We are big proponents of school choice that we do not believe the state is the best arbiter on how to best educate children. I, I believe that decision-making process belongs in the hands of parents. Those who care the most about their children not the state. Now, the way it works is that there's a dollar figure that is attached to each child in this, in this country, federal and state money. My contention is, is that that dollar figure ought to follow that child, and that child ought to be able to go wherever they, the parents wish and cash that check. Right now, only government-run institutions can cash that money in, and it's wrong. And it leads to when you know, what entitlement always leads to laziness, poor performance, 
And that's what you're seeing in the government-run schools right now. There's also another element of this that has to do with religion. And it goes something like this, and you guys probably recognize this mantra. I don't want my taxpayer money going to any religious institution. But I don't want those Catholics getting any of my taxpayer money. I don't want those Christians or those Jews getting any of my taxpayer money. This uh, religious bigotry that is on full display, primarily on the left, but even some folks who fancy themselves conservatives, are afflicted by this prejudice. Um, it's a serious problem that somehow, because your child may be educated in a, in a system that doesn't disparage or bemoan God, that somehow they're not worthy, that somehow they're like dirt on your shoe. It is something that we need to beat back, and for more reasons than one. Ronald Reagan was speaking in in Dallas in 1984 at an ecumenical breakfast. And he pointed out through a, a series of speeches how in the 1960s things started to change and how uh, school prayer was banned from the classroom, that children couldn't even voluntarily pray to God inside of a government-run institution without getting into trouble. Now that's, that is still the same today except for one religion. Islam is permitted to, to, as a matter of fact, they set aside private rooms so that Islam's children can go and pray. But that's in, in many school districts around this country. But the same accommodation is not made for Christians and Jews. You might want to check out your local government-run institution to see if they do this. But there's a, there's a very practical reason why we should have individuals of faith being brought up in an educated system. And here's what Reagan said. We need religion as a guide. We need it because we are imperfect. And our government needs the church because only those humble enough to admit they're sinners can bring to democracy the tolerance it requires in order to survive. In other words, only a moral and just people are suited to execute the Constitution of the United States, our form of government. You must have a morality. Without that morality, you get Obama. Without that morality, you get Clinton. Without that morality, you get left-wingers. I'll wrap up the show coming up next on The Blaze Radio Network. Be right back. He is quickly becoming the left's favorite pinata. Only problem is, this pinata hits back. Chris Salcedo, on the Blaze Radio Network. to the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I submit to you that the tolerant society is open to and encouraging of all religions. And this does not weaken us. It strengthens us. It makes us strong. You know, if we look back 
through history to all those great civilizations, those great nations that rose up to even world dominance and then deteriorated, declined, and fell, we find they all had one thing in common. One of the significant forerunners of their fall was their turning away from their god or gods. Without God, there is no virtue because there's no prompting of the conscience. Without God, there is no virtue because there is no prompting of the conscience. Meaning, if you don't believe that there's a higher power, you can treat people like crap because all you focus on is this life and getting ahead in this life. You, uh, you have no higher calling. Get what you can get. It's, it's why liberals exist. Liberals exist to, to get what they can get because many of them aren't religious people and don't look uh, beyond to a higher power. They don't believe in it. They, they are focused on themselves. They are their power. Without God, we're mired in the material, that flat world that tells us only what the senses perceive. Without God, there is a coarsening of the society. And without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. The coarsening of the society as indicated by a Blaze story that was written by Dave Urbanski. High school officials screams at teen pro-life activists. I don't give a F what you think Jesus tells me. This high school official in Pennsylvania screams. This is a prime example of why I am so concerned and so agitated and am so passionate about calling out these religious bigots who want to deny us choice in education because there is no there is no way I would subject myself my children to the likes of assistant principal Zach Ruff in Pennsylvania to my children because well there you go Lack of a conscience, lack of morality, right there on full display. Hey, remember, folks, society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Have a great weekend. Back here on Monday on The Blaze. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on The Blaze Radio Network.